So we want to discuss a little bit the balance or balance that we can strike between affirming and nullifying ourselves. Now, what exactly does that mean? So uh, looking out onto the big wide world, we see very many creatures, very many species, untold uh, uh, millions of species of animals and uh, plants and insects and uh, and bacteria. It might be more, might be less, depending on the classifications used. And, and uh, obviously we haven't, uh, in, uh, just about in all likelihood, we haven't encountered uh, life, who knows what percent we have yet to, to uncover in the deep oceans, in the rainforest, in all kinds of places. So there's a lot, a lot of life. And uh, we can ask, what is one thing that all of life has in common? And a seemingly obvious answer is all of life wants to survive. The bacteria strives to survive, as it would appear. The plants strive to survive and uh, and try to shoot their way up to the sun. The ants try to survive. Everybody tries to survive. And yet, if we look closer, that may not really be what's going on. Why? Because to survive, as it would appear, at least as we understand the concept indicated by that term, it means to uh, bear in mind a concept such as life and a concept such as death and relate certain activities to life and certain activities to death. For example, uh, right now I'm alive to continue to, to be alive. I need to eat i need to drink and, and so forth and so on so we see this requires a dose of intellect and understanding and uh, we say that uh, further it would appear to, to require advanced language uh, because without it how exactly do we understand uh, make these connections we can understand the the, the hunger and all this but these complicated realities life death who understands death even out of adults right who understands life we know but even just maybe some kind of vague notion so uh, we say that to say that animals want to survive and especially somebody can say okay elephants are very smart they they recognize death chimpanzees are very smart dolphins okay but we see the ants uh, go crazy if you uh try to usually pick them up or try to get in their way they, they also would appear to want to survive to suppose that they are thinking i don't want to die i want to live is supposing a lot to say the very least so instead what's a, a, a take that we could or an interpretation that we could take here might be that what all animals and insects and, and all of life has in common is that each form of life is pursuing its desires. It's doing what it wants to do, uh, it generally based on, on compulsions and impulses and what we would identify as, as hormones or form, uh, pheromones, however you pronounce it, and, and all of that. But basically, it's the fulfillment of, uh, and stimuli, right? But that's the, the broad category, the fulfillment of desires. And, and further, we can ask, what do all these desires have in common? And, and that is that they are strictly concerned with the individual phenomenon, meaning the sole desires that an ant has are desires that have to do with itself and with its buddies, uh, with other ants. The ant will never ever have a desire, why don't I go and learn uh, the language of the birds so I can communicate with the birds, maybe tell them not to eat me. It will never think, why don't I go and start uh, uh, the ant united uh, colonies, right? Why, so we can all stand together against the ant eaters, we'll form a coalition. Never think that. Or, for example, um, uh, uh, a cheetah in, in the prairies. Now, is that where they live? In the safari? Wherever the, the, the cheetahs live? Safari, right? They, they will never uh, think, you know, uh, I have a desire to spare the life of this gazelle uh, that, that, I'm, that I'm trying to chase down and rip its throat out. I have a desire to 
go and um, and become friends with uh, an elephant, uh, you know, and, and talk about uh, the weather. You don't ever think these things, the sole desires that animals have concern their own self, the, the furtherance of their bodily interests. And, and we see, again, it's, it's absolutely incredible when we think about it. For instance, there's mayflies that live... I believe it's no more than a day, but sometimes even less than that, just a few hours. So, um, again, if my, might, uh, might not get this perfectly right, but the idea seems to be that the males are born and uh, they have a very, very short time to find the female. And right after that, they die. And then the females have a short time to get to excuse me, their, uh, their spot to, to lay the eggs. And right after they do that, they die. So we see, oh, they want to survive, right? They, they really care about life and death. No, they have a mission. They have a desire, and we see this is purposeful behavior. Looking for a mate, flying somewhere to, to leave the eggs. Everything is intentional, intelligent. It's not simply just random or, or some kind of blind kind of thing, as it would appear. But that's what we would say, that they have desires to do with, and by they, this is also complicated. What do we mean they? These are complicated questions. But just to so say, we might say that it's appropriate to think of, of desires uh, that... Uh, Irrelevant therein as it concerns what we call mayflies, and uh, these desires obviously strictly concern with this process with the the, uh, the that uh, of survival. But again, not because they are intellectually thinking I want to survive, but it so happens those are the objective realities needed for their survival, and they that that is what they happen to want unconsciously. We would say instinctively, but what does that really mean, right? So that, that's what it, it appears to be, and. Um, so anyhow, so we would say that, uh, that that's a universal thing amongst all life. And we can ask, does that include uh, uh, ourself? And the obvious answer is, is yes, of course it does. And in our state of nature, meaning before we have um, kind of uh, uh, received any sort of edification, any sort of moral elevation, any sort of moral uh, training, we are exactly akin to, to all the rest of life in that way. The sole thing that we have is, is the fulfillment of our desires or the sole drives that we have, the, the fulfillment of our desires. And all of our desires are strictly concerned with our individual phenomenon. Meaning we say, starting from a baby, a baby will never think, uh, you know, I've cried so many times tonight. Uh, I don't want to, I'm going to stop so that mommy, daddy, caretaker doesn't get... Um, uh, uh, um, what's it called? Lose sleep, right? It doesn't have a headache in the morning. So I'm going to stop now. The baby will never ever think that. It's incapable of thinking that because it has a one track mind. I have desires that have to do with this little body, and that's it. And again, the baby also we see doesn't understand survive. What's food? What's water? Uh, it's desires. It's it's a drive, and, and re reacting to stimuli and, and all of that. Too cold. Too hot. Hungry. Pain, pleasure. So uh, we see further a, a little kid. Uh, that's the, the process of uh, of growing up, right? The little kid has exclusively desires to do with uh, uh, him or herself. All that I care about, I care about getting the toy, care about getting the cookie, I care about getting playtime, I care about avoiding timeout. All these things, a child ideas to, to get socialized to where we can at least pretend that we take into consideration other interests that, than our own. For example, for the uh, the, the, the ants that would be to pretend that I care about the other ant colonies and how they would do against the ant eater. For the cheetah to pretend that I care about the gazelle right, before I still take it out. Uh, and so forth. So don't pretend that we care about other phenomenon other than our own self. That's the process of, of normal socialization. So we understand we have to say please and thank you and we have to 
maybe hold the door sometimes and we have to uh, not uh, take things from other people, at least so that they find out. We have to not take anybody's life uh, because we don't want anybody coming after us. So we have to do what we have to do to get by. But nonetheless, all of our true desires are strictly concerned with our own individual phenomenon, uh, what we can call ourself, depending on how we define that term. Now, uh, we said uh, initially, uh, we want to discuss the balance between the information and the nullification uh, of oneself. So what does that mean here? So we would say that um, uh, on the one hand, uh, uh, a major objective of life appears to be to overcome that all-encompassing selfishness, that absolute uh, uh, inwardness and soul concern for one's creatureliness, creatureliness excuse me, and, uh, and and one's desires, animalistic desires that pertain strictly to oneself, right? And, and that again, when, when a child is not only socialized, uh, or in a person, then a teenager, a young person is not only socialized but is humanized. A human being truly uh, is supposed to take into consideration other interests than his or her own, or meaning that than ones that pertain strictly to his or her. Uh, uh, phenomenon of life. So, for instance, again, uh, uh, for, for the mayfly, that could be coming to an awareness of my solidarity with all the other mayflies. So now I'm trying to uh, quickly reproduce and, and lay the eggs, but uh, not strictly because this is just an automatic instinctual drive, but because I consciously care about the rest of my species. I find something beautiful and unique in them, and I want us to continue on. Uh, and uh, maybe we teach a lesson. You have to make. Uh, you have to be productive. You only have a few hours to live. Whatever the case may be, but I'm doing it in a conscious way. I care about more mayflies than than just my own. I'm going to die, but I still care about the other mayflies. For uh, the the answer would be again. I care about. <coughs> excuse me. All ants, not just instinctually, not just based off of the however they communicate in the ants and, and all of that pheromones, whatever it is. But uh, I care in a, in a rational manner. So that would be the same idea. We, we, uh, the, the, a human being is supposed to feel solidarity to self-sight with the rest of his or her species, with other phenomenon alike to oneself. A, a human being is supposed to identify primarily with that, that in him or herself that is alike in all phenomenon as opposed to different. Right? Meaning, again, if I think of myself strictly uh, as it concerns attributes that are unique to me, well, then I am at odds with everybody else, uh, I understand because I have a stomach that is different than your stomach, and uh, if if we have a limited amount of food and I fill up uh, and you fill up your stomach, I may, I my stomach will have less to be filled up with. So now that that puts me at odds with you. I have a different nervous system than you, so pain for me might not be pain for you. Pain for you might not be pain for me. So we are at odds. We you know potentially if uh, pain or or pleasure is in question. So that's identifying with attributes that are unique to oneself, with one's particular uh, kind of, a, uh, as we said, phenomenon of life, but we can also uh, identify with something that we see in others. For example, we can consider ourselves to be uh, an instance of life, if we want to use that term, which doesn't necessarily stand for much as far as our knowledge right now holds. Who knows what that means? But let's just use that term, right? So uh, now I think of myself as an instance of life, and I think of myself as life first and a particular stomach, a particular nervous system, a particular psychology, and so forth. Second, so now I see life in you, and I feel solidarity with you. I feel at one in some ways. With you, I retain my uniqueness, but it's many out of one as opposed to just many, period. Right? Or, for example, I can identify myself as 
uh, as, a, as an I uh, to so say. I can kind of try to feel my innermost being and then I can postulate that that you are a like expression of that being. Now I identify, I, I see that in you. I see myself in you and that's what I'm focusing on. That's what a human being is supposed to do. And yet, uh, it, it, we can call that then if we want, we can call that nullification of one's uh, a particular self, meaning uh, in our state of nature, our soul drives, our soul desires are concerned with the affirmation of our particular uh, self, whatever conception of, of the self that might be. I'm an ant again. We don't want to go through the whole examples, but I have my ant interest. I have my antelope interest, my cheetah interest, my gazelle interest, all of this. I'm a person. I have my, uh, I'm almost a species onto myself, a species defined by my desires. I want this based on my psychology, based on my unconscious impulses, based on what I think will bring me pleasure and avoid any pain, emotional and physical. This is the sole thing that I am concerned with. And we see this is, the again, the, the, the state of nature that we start out in, complete and utter and total selfishness and absorption into oneself and, and, and uh, of a, of a mind-boggling, to a mind-boggling degree. We would say to an absolute degree. It's possible maybe to solicit some occasional strands of uh, c- concern on some level for, for uh, other interests than one's own, but only ultimately when they reflect on one's own. Because again, this is an inner state of being and, and not just socialization. If we pay attention to so- socialization, many of us are not that uh, not, not as bad to, to so say. But if we pay attention to the inner state of being, we see it doesn't matter if a person has spent his or her whole his or her excuse me whole life there we go giving to charity uh being a very kind to people externally all of this it's an inner state of being it's like we can train uh, an animal to a service dog to, to serve the the owner but unfortunately as much as we love dogs and service animals and and everybody the service dog will not is not <laughs> will not expand its sense of self it will not really truly identify with a- a- anybody but itself. At first, I would question whether there's a self there to, to begin with, but but nonetheless. So we see we can train a, 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 a you know a, a porcupine or no a nice a cute uh, kitten to be uh, take it to the senior citizen home. Everybody pets it, and it's technically externally doing a lot of nice things. But obviously, it hasn't become anything other than a kitten. It hasn't expanded that sense of self, and, and that's the same thing. By the way, of us, it's it's the inner uh, factor that that we are considering here. So that would be. State of nature. So what we want to do then is, uh, to use that term, we want to nullify that self-affirmation gradually uh, until we have hopefully extinguished uh, the, this, the, the, the pure identification um, or the identification purely with one's particular bodily self. Right? Again, I am this stomach and this nervous system and this psychology and these complexes and these desires and these uh, impulses and, and these likes and dislikes and all that till we, till we have extinguished that. We've stamped it out and consequently we can unify ourselves with reality that is broader than merely that which uh, concerns strictly that life phenomenon which uh, we are physically speaking right? and we see again that is something obviously that no other animal and no other insect and no other plant and no other bacteria can do as far as we can possibly tell as far as we have any reason to think if we want to say that we can say rocks also are you know super super saints we can say whatever we want but as as far as we have reason to think so that would be a, a uh, that's a vital process uh, of life to, to attain that nullification. And yet, as we said, we want to balance it with the affirmation of self. What that means is that 
if we nullify ourselves out of weakness, if our personality simply collapses or doesn't form, that is not what we are talking about. Then we haven't really undergone this process. And that is why the 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 where the, the incredible importance of at least having a phase of life that hopefully doesn't last our whole life, but at least for some time where we are truly affirming ourself and in the highest possible context that we can, meaning we say that this drive to, to affirm ourselves manifests itself uh, from A to Z, right? From the elementary levels of a, of a little kid playing with blocks and wanting uh, things to go his or her, her way and, and wanting to win the game of tag to uh, the young person that wants to get the, the job that will most uh, uh, pander to, to one's uh, uh, pride and, and give one the most amount of money, which obviously stands as a sign for the capacity to affirm one's individual phenomenon. Uh, for, for animals, m- money is different. For the squirrel, the money is acorns, for, we can say. And for the, the, um, the lion, the, the money is the, the gazelle meat or whatever they hunt and so forth and so on. So that's a, a, a like thing. Uh, and uh, th- then that becomes our avenue to, to affirm ourselves. Then we become older. We want to affirm ourselves through our status in the community, through our professional accomplishments, through our family accomplishments, and so forth and so on. So it, we have this normal range. If we can, we, we try to affirm ourselves in a, in, a, in a very high capacity, for example, by being having a super-duper amount of funds or by conquering, being a warlord, a conqueror, uh, like Alexander uh, the Great or Napoleon, uh, Julius Caesar, right? That's the same thing. The kid is doing that in, in uh, with the blocks. The, the the conqueror is doing that with nations. Toy soldiers versus real soldiers. Uh, if we can, you know, get very famous, we can affirm ourselves like that uh, through through uh, th- that channel. So we see that that we go through this phase, uh, and um, it's a very important phase to go through because if we do not feel that we can successfully affirm ourselves that we cannot uh, uh, kind of put a exclamation point after our own individual phenomenon. If we feel that as an individual we are nobody and nothing, then we will not be able to freely nullify ourselves later on uh, because it has to be a choice. It has to be done out of strength. It has to be where we see that we can affirm ourselves. We can put an exclamation mark, as we said to so today, uh, following the instance of our individual phenomenon, and then we choose to give that up. Why? Because we want our own highest good, which obviously doesn't come from ultimately pursuing, uh, uh, affirming our individual phenomenon our whole life. We go through that phase, then we want to move on to the next phase of self-nullification and attaining that unity uh, 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 with reality broader than ourselves. Obviously, at the end of the day, we cannot go to war with reality just with our individual phenomena, right? as we well know. Uh, so a couple of problems, right? You know, something called death, something called the passage of time in old age if, if we live there. So we can't actually do that. We have to eventually nullify ourselves if we want to succeed as, a, as an entity, as a, as a being. We do have to do that, but we have to go through that process. And, um, and consequently, we see that's a, a natural thing. And yet, uh, many of us fail in that process and are unable to affirm ourselves to our satisfaction. And then uh, we may turn to pseudo-nullification, meaning we may turn to 
uh, saying, uh, you know, I really care about others or I really want to be, uh, uh, I do a lot of charity. I'm a good Samaritan. Maybe I read up on things on the internet. I'm all, you know, uh, one with uh, the universe and one with the plants and all of this. So that, that's what we would call pseudo nullification when we're not freely choosing out of strength to slowly dissolve uh, or, or uh, animalism or uh, animalistic individuality, but where we are simply affirming, now trying to affirm ourselves in just the same way that everybody else does, except through s s d softer, more easier means, right? I care about everybody. Uh, it's all peace and love, right? I'm going to go to the peace and love rally. I'm going to rally for uh, the pieces and the justices and, and all these kinds of things. So we would say that that's not the way to go in what we have to do is to uh, get to a point of affirmation of oneself where we feel comfortable knowing that we could give give it up, right? Where it wouldn't be out of weakness. It doesn't mean that we have to first conquer the world. It doesn't mean we first have to become a billionaire or anything like that, but it means we have to put up a fair fight. We have to not quit. And we have to not be weak and soft. And, and, and when the going gets tough, to... Uh, the, to nullify ourselves, which is we see frequently happen, right? We want to, for example, let's say we uh, we want to get in shape. We go do a, a tough workout. What, what the idea is, here's the weights, the scary weights, the exercises. I want to affirm myself in light of this threat to my individuality, to my uh, individual phenomenon of life, just like uh, the... Um, the the uh, the ant you put a finger in its way it's gonna you know it was try to bite or go around or something this is the same thing so now we have this threat All right and yet let's say that we, we we're doing some exercises it begins to burn we don't want to keep going so frequently very many of us we quit right <laughs> excuse me we quit we don't affirm ourselves we let ourselves be squashed there and yet that creates that's obviously a specific instance. Not everybody works out. That's not the, the bottom line. But just to get the point across, that creates that, that, that suppression of oneself there. And then it has to come out somewhere else. And then we're going to try to affirm ourselves through our opinions, through our uh, through honking on the road, through being mean to somebody, and, and, and things like that. Again, not strictly because of the gym. Just as an example, maybe we uh, know we have to speak up. And the right thing to do is, is to, to stand up for ourselves in a given situation. But we don't. Now we feel all oppressed. Later, it, it comes out somewhere else. It's that balance of affirmation and nullification. We nullify ourselves out of weakness and not as a choice, not out of strength. Later, we're going to have to uh, affirm ourselves in a, almost certainly in a less than healthy way. All right, for example, let's say uh, a young person. Now, that then is the time during the days of youth to affirm oneself. To, to go as hard as possible in, in all arenas, sports, school, social life, all that kind of stuff. So a young person doesn't step up. To the plate, doesn't do that. Right? It's too scary. I would rather simply, <coughs> excuse me, than play sports, than socialize. I would rather just sit and play video games and all that. So that's a suppression of oneself that's not free. Right? It's not out of strength. It's not that I affirm myself and now I'm going to choose to nullify myself. It's out of weakness. I'm too scared to go out and do what I what's expected of me at this time. So I nullify myself. I put myself down. But later, obviously, it's going to have to come out. Later, I'm going to have to hold some very strongly to opinions or to go to scream and yell or to, to uh, hate somebody. Later, I'm going to have to affirm myself in a different way. Later, I'm going to have to uh, be very protective of my ego and of my uh, perceived individuality to any threats of it because I didn't affirm myself at the right time in the right context in the right place. You understand? So that's the idea. Uh, but the, the idea would then be, again, to 
go through that phase, but go through it. Do not stop in that phase. And that's what usually happens. Either we do not nullify ourselves at the right, or excuse me, we do not affirm ourselves at the right time, or if we do, it's a lifelong thing. Now, we are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, hopefully 100, 110, 120. And we are still at war with all the rest of reality. We are still uh, uh, competing in this low way with, with everybody and everything else, trying to affirm our animalistic individuality. We haven't dissolved it one bit. Right? We're uh, on the dawn of death, hopefully again at 120, and yet our, still, our primary concern is, is beating our uh, competition in, in our business or something like this. This is the sole thing we're thinking about. So we've continued that a phase that should have expired as early as reasonably possible when we, again, can exit out of strength, not out of weakness. Uh, and we're continuing that our whole life. And that's called failure as, as a being. We want to succeed as uh, whatever we want to call it, as a human being. But the human being, we would say we have to get there. As, as a being, we, have to, we want to succeed. Right? We, if we take uh, the worst instance of an individual we can imagine, <laughs> the, the craziest, the most wicked, the most selfish, we consider that failure. We want to avoid that. And we want to go as far away from that as possible. So that's the idea. Then we failed if we continue to do that. Right? We've also failed if we haven't affirmed uh, ourselves enough and we just began to nullify ourselves from, from the start out of weakness. That's also failure. And then we have to find Hopefully it's not too late. Hopefully then we have to find an arena where we can uh, affirm ourselves and build up that self-respect that comes from being a self-respecting individual phenomenon. We see every animal, every insect is, is, is proud to so say. And we look at a young, maybe grasshopper. It's an individual phenomenon of life. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't know about death. It doesn't know that it's only a grasshopper. It's, it's proud. I'm a grasshopper. I'm proud, right? I'm a, I'm a bunny. I'm a rabbit. I'm, I'm proud. I'm a rabbit. I'm affirming myself. So we have to find an arena for that then. If, I mean, it could be, it could come at 50 years old, 60 years old, 70, if we haven't done it properly before. And obviously the best arena is always our choices, to do uh, doing what we <coughs> excuse me believe we have to do and what is right that's the ultimate arena here as opposed to simply you know running the streets or running the stock market or running so, or something else but uh, it, that's that's a little hard so we can simply maybe we, we start going to the gym and, and we you know farm ourselves in that way for uh, two years maybe we're already 70 but still we do it till we're 72 we feel a sense of dignity a sense of having truly kind of Uh, pushed for ourselves, and then we can hopefully begin the process in a, in a healthy way. Or we, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, we affirm ourselves through. Uh, in, what else can we do that's safe, right? Because again, <laughs> we see this also works in extreme cases. People affirm themselves through being uh, a criminal, through being a mob boss, right? That's the, a huge affirmation of oneself to be, excuse me, To be a big gangster, to be a, a big uh, uh, mob boss, but it, we would say it's generally not worth it because generally we remain trapped in that mode of life and then we fail. We don't want that. We want enough to where we that we can uh, escape it. So, so, so something like that, but it has to be truly self-affirming. We can call it selfish, but it has to be sincere, meaning I'm really standing up for myself. And when it's, what's the word? Um, 
and passive aggressive maybe that's the right word when it's like i'm gonna affirm myself through giving the most the charity we see it's we're kind of reversing it because really we want to we want to beat somebody up we want to conquer somebody we want to dominate that's what we want but now we feel we can't we're too weak we're too scared so we kind of sublimate it into something else i'm gonna go and give the most money to the charity i'm gonna go and and be the kindest oh you better accept my kindness you better right so we see that that doesn't work we have to have a truly kind of sincere affirmation of self. Maybe we can take uh, adult uh, martial arts classes, learn to truly to, to beat, put a beating on somebody, something like that. We we feel that that uh, that, that force of our individuality, of our animalistic self, and then we conscientiously choose to, to um, <coughs> excuse me, to nullify ourselves and not out of weakness. And that's the idea. And if we succeed in properly having built ourselves up, affirmed ourselves and then nullified ourselves electively, freely, consciously, then that might be uh, the, the best bet uh, in life, at, at least from a moral, ethical point of view, aside from uh, the, the, any other concomitants of our, uh, of our inner life. Meaning maybe uh, while we're doing that, we are a mother, a father, uh, a worker, uh, a writer, an actor, an actress, a politician, and then that makes everything that we do that much better because if we truly nullified ourselves, we're no longer affirming our individual will in whatever it is, excuse me, that we are doing. So, for example, uh, uh, we see that maybe a person is uh, a public servant, and yet, obviously, if the person hasn't nullified themselves, they're simply affirming themselves in this avenue again to the person affirming him or herself in the gym or on the streets or anywhere else this is just an avenue for that animalistic self-affirmation the truth doesn't count the public good doesn't count it's just the affirmation of me or somebody is uh, an educator that it's not about the good of, of the students this is my avenue of of me affirming my individual phenomenon i get paid i get benefits i get uh, health care i get uh, you know this is my career yada yada so that's perfectly fine. That's a phase. But we want to move through that phase. And if we've nullified ourselves, there's no more personal interest and we're truly focused on, uh, excuse me, maximizing the good uh, as it concerns any avenue that we are involved in. So then we see again, that's a, that, that would be an additional great benefit. But as it concerns strictly our ethical development, that, that might be really kind of what we're shooting uh, for here. So let's think about it and let's do it. Thank you for listening.